Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness. Presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. They lose last night, unfortunately, but still lead that series two games to one against Manitoba. So we'll see how game four goes. Still have a chance to uh, win that series and advance. We broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. All right, so I want to talk, uh, obviously, more about Bucks uh, and Celtics a little bit. We're going to talk with Frank Madden from the Lockdown Bucks podcast coming up here in about uh, 12, 13 minutes, about quarter after two. Sean Grandy was on earlier with the Big Show. Get to hear that after we talk with Frank Madden. I want to first ask you the question that I was asking Gary and Leroy uh, there towards the end of the Big Show, and it's a real simple one. Who do you want? Do you want Heat or do you want Sixers? Who do you want in the next round? Heat have a chance to clinch tonight uh, against Philadelphia and move on. No Kyle Lowry out with this hamstring injury. So no Kyle Lowry uh, for the Heat. It's a nice and simple question. Who do you want tonight uh, to, to win? If the Heat win tonight, they're good. They move on and you get the Miami Heat. Who do you want? Uh, nice and simple. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. You can also tweet us uh, at 12.50 a.m. The Fan. It's funny. I'm I'm watching Game five, Adam has it on on NBA TV right now between Miami and Philadelphia. Do you see all the empty seats? I mean, we're at about the 750 mark of the first quarter, and there are empty seats everywhere in Miami. A tradition unlike any other. Empty seats in downtown Miami. That is just crazy. Playoff game, and yeah, they're wearing their white shirts, but it just makes all the red seats look even all the more empty when there's nobody in those seats uh, for the supposed Heat fans. I said it earlier uh, on the Wendy's Big Show, and I'll say it again. I want the Miami Heat. That's who I want. I know who y'all want, but I want the Miami Heat. I, I just I can't stand them. And I, I heard Bart Winkler this morning on his show talking about how he hates Miami Heat and probably can't have a rational thought one way or the other on analyzing the Miami Heat because he can't stand them so much. And I am in pretty much the exact same boat. Like I just really do not like that basketball team. And that's why I want the Bucs to get the heat. Now, having said that, Philadelphia 
would be entertaining, right? Because you get Joel Embiid, who didn't win the MVP, because uh, the Joker did, but him, Tobias Harris, James Harden. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good big three uh, that you got to deal with uh, if that's who you end up having to face. So that would be, I think, a good matchup. I think the Bucks definitely beat uh, the Philadelphia 76ers because I don't think they're going to be nearly as physical to deal with uh, game to game as, say, the Miami Heat. If you get the Heat in the next round, the physical play is not going to be much different probably than what it is right now uh, with Boston. I really don't think it's going to be, and especially because it's the Bucs and Giannis. And we all know Eric Spolstra loves drawing up some defenses uh, to face the Bucs and Giannis and has done fairly well at it as well. So I want the Heat, but I think their better chance of winning is probably against the Philadelphia 76ers. What about you? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan. AR, who is it for you? Do you want Philly or do you want Miami? Well, if I'm going from a competition perspective, I want the 76ers because I would love to see another gentleman sweep and just get right into it. I'm very curious about those Western Conference Finals. But if we want some absolutely engaging day after shows here on the station, my, that Miami series would be money Yeah, for that reason. I mean, there's Harden too. Harden and Giannis got a little thing that has been going on. So there'd be a little rivalry there, I guess, between Harden and Giannis uh, if it ends up being that. Uh, but the Jimmy Butler stuff, I mean, Kyle Lowry, if he gets back to being healthy with that hamstring uh, from his days in Toronto, as we talked about uh, before, you also got to worry about Tyler Hero. Uh, the local. Oladipo's on that team. He's been playing pretty decent uh, for them. Struce can hit that outside shot. I, there's there's enough weapons. Bam Adebayo in the middle. P.J. Tucker. The return of P.J. Tucker to take on the Bucks for a chance to go to the NBA Finals again. There are so many storylines and so many players on that Miami team that kind of tickle your fancy, I guess you could say, uh, about the Bucks playing them that that's that's who I want. Last night, I don't know if you saw this, Brian Helberstadt uh, from Channel 12 News, uh, executive producer over there, tweeted out the win probability graph from uh, the Bucks win last night. The Celtics were at 94.5% chance of winning with a minute and 45 seconds to go in the game. 94.5% with a minute and 45 to go. The line never favored the Bucks until 5.9 seconds left to go in the game. Jumping from 54.2% for Boston to 90.3% for Milwaukee. I mean, that is insane. The Bucs were never thought to win, based on the little win probability thing they do, until there was just under six seconds left. That was the first time in the game that the Bucs were expected to win that basketball game. Absolute insanity to think that they ended up winning that basketball game at the end and were able to close this thing out. It really is. Very, very uh, interesting uh, for sure. Odyssey Sports, which I'm pretty sure is based on the East Coast, uh, who who does this. Uh, we tweeted out our question, Bucks fans, who do you want uh, in the Gowers Finals, Miami or Philly? Uh, in Odyssey Sports, the corporate... Uh, I see it, yeah. Y'all better hope at W-E-E-I doesn't see this. Well, Why? gee, if you at them, well, then I guess they are going to see it. Of course. I mean, I'm fine with them seeing oh, it. Oh, yeah. None of them play. So y'all can talk about it on your radio we show. Get all some you of those guys on the stage. Hey, Sparky's Midday Madison, Milwaukee, whoever this dude is, is asking who you want to play in the finals. Unbelievable. 
That's all right. I'm fine with it. Look, Miami's got a chance to clinch tonight. Plain and simple. They can clinch tonight, and then you know who you play going before you even play that next game. If Miami does clinch tonight, all the more critical, in my opinion, to win this thing tomorrow night in Milwaukee. Because then you get a couple of days off. I don't think, I've not seen, have they said when game one of the conference final is yet? Have you seen that? So I don't know if they would make Milwaukee play game one of the conference final on Sunday if it's set. Because there's a chance by Friday night this thing is over and it's Miami and Milwaukee. Now, if Miami loses tonight, then it's not going to be set until, I think game seven for them would be Saturday or Sunday for that Philly series. It's game seven is definitely Sunday for Bucks and Celtics if it gets to game seven in Boston. That has already been locked in stone uh, by the NBA. I've seen that. I'm not seeing... Um, I don't believe, I should probably go back and check and see if it was on the NBA email. I'm pretty sure I already deleted it. Let me not. Yeah, so here we go. Yeah, so Eastern Conference get final games. So the first game, you have a calendar over there. The first game of the Eastern Conference finals will be played on May 15th will be the first game. So that's Sunday. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, like if no. they were to win If tomorrow? Miami wins and the Bucks win, right. then it's game one is Sunday. Wow, that's a quick turnaround. If either one of those series goes to seven, obviously, game seven would probably be on Sunday, which then means game two, game one of that series would then be on Tuesday. 48 hours, that's crazy. That, that's all it's going to be. So if game one is Sunday, game two is Tuesday uh, as well. So it's going to get going real quick. There's not going to be a long delay. But you're going to love this. If game one of the Eastern Conference Finals is Sunday, May 15th, they play the 15th, 17th, and then there's four days in between games two and three. You don't play again until the 21st of May. So literally a four-day break after the first two games of the series. So, again, and we already had a three-day break, right, in this series or whatever it was. Now it would be a four-day break. If that were to happen. Now, if either one of those series goes to game seven, then it's simply two days every game throughout the entire series. Then it's 17th, 19th, 21st, 23rd, 25th, 27th, uh, and 29th would be how the East uh, would line up. Ram, Ram, the Ram, uh, Northside, joining uh, me next year on Sparky's Midday Madness. Man, it's been a minute. What is going on? Hey, what's going on, Sparky? Why don't you call the big show anymore, Ram? I tried to call and I can't get through. Man, you need to stop. You I, need I, to I can't stop, get man. I can't, I can't get. I can't I get through. I heard you on Bart show and all that nonsense. And yeah, Bart, Bart, I have to go put fires out on Bart show. That's a little different. You got to do what? I go. I put fires out on Bart show. Oh, you put fires out. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I put fires. Out. All right. So what's up, Ram? Well, I would like to see the Bucks play this Miami team. Yeah, but me this too. Miami team is not last year's team that was COVID. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. That's totally different. And don't forget the PJ Tucker. See, my reasoning with the Bucks is needed why they're struggling is because PJ Tucker is not there. And I think the the big difference between this team and Boston team is that you got a seasoned coach. Yeah, Spolster is really GM, good. Yeah. And you got Bob McAdoo and you got Riley. So it's it's way more basketball now. Udoka is doing good for a first-year coach up on the pop. Doing really good. Credit for that. Yeah. yeah doing really good. But this is going to pose a different thing because uh, Drew can't hold both Lowry, Hero, and all those guys. 
Somebody got to step up. But Lowry's got to stay healthy in order for it to matter. Well, Oladipo can play. That hamstring is that hamstring is not going away on Lowry. That's a problem. Yeah, it's not. But Oladipo can play. No, he can. He's playing pretty good you know, in this series. But, but, I agree. And the, and, and the problem is when, when the Bucks have to play athletic guards that can score, you got Drew on the perimeter, then it, it falls off. Well, again, I, Middleton, I, I think, definitely plays in the Miami series. Uh, if he's gonna play, he's gonna play. He's gonna play. Yeah, Whatever he's gonna he's, got, he's gonna he's play. Gonna in the, he's gonna play in the Miami series, and that will immediately help the Bucks from a scoring perspective and from the defensive what, perspective as well. Do you think? But there are people who feel Milton is a weak defender. No, being I think tall and being tall and long is not defense part. No, I understand that. You know, I, I think be able to move your feet and cover I, space, right? I understand. I think in end-of-game situations, Middleton is a much better defender. I don't necessarily disagree that Middleton isn't the best of defenders during the game uh, from time to well, time. Well, but I think in end-of-game situations, when he's got to buckle down and defend, I think he can. But I think what happens in, in the game situation that teams will run and hunt him. Maybe. But I'll tell you one thing. I'd rather have them run and hunt Chris Milton than Grayson Allen and George Hill at this point. I'll tell you that much, Ram. Thanks for the call. I guarantee you, if you're going to tell me Chris Middleton on one leg or Grayson Allen on two and George Hill on two, I'll take my chances with Chris Middleton having to play defense on one leg. Fine. No problem. I'm in. Let's go. Fine. But, but, this is the thing. And I agree with Leroy. 100% 100% in this. Like, do you really want to risk Chris Middleton if there's a chance he could further damage that thing and cost him next year? Like, that, to me, has got to be the single biggest thing that has to be answered. Like, those doctors and those trainers for the Bucks, pretty much, if I am Boonholzer, you pretty much got to guarantee me that if I put him out there, he's at no more risk of hurting that knee than he is of hurting the other knee that's healthy. You have to guarantee me that. If you can't guarantee me that, he's not playing. It's just not worth losing him for all of next season. It's just not. Especially if and when you get past this Boston Celtics team without him, I'm sure there's going to be a belief that you can probably get through the next series without him too. The benefit of getting him back, however, is he's going to have fresh legs. He just is. He He's... Going to have a little bit more energy, a little bit more pep in his giddy-up. He's going to have more energy uh, to him than, say, Giannis or Holiday or these other guys that have been playing a ton of minutes. So you're going to be able to get a little bit more run out of him and get Giannis some rest. And Middleton, hopefully, if he's right, can provide you some offense. But that's the other thing, too, is you just don't know how right he's going to be. He may come back and be horrible shooting the basketball because maybe he's favoring the knee. He hasn't found his rhythm yet. You just don't know what what you're getting. He may come back and be money and just be like totally hot and just carry you for a series. Could happen too. Or it could go the other way and then everybody's going to be like, why did you bring him back? He's horrible. But you don't know until he comes back. So we'll see. Mike in West Dallas, you're next here on Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. I'm doing good. How you doing, Sparky? Good. Good. So yeah, I want to see the I want to see the Philadelphia 76ers uh, for two reasons. Number one, have we we haven't correct me if I'm wrong, we have not seen Embiid against Giannis in the playoffs since they're they're they've both been MVP caliber. No, players, it was supposed to be we? last year and Philly couldn't beat Atlanta. Yeah. So 
So I just as a basketball fan, I want to see that matchup. I, I I think Giannis is the better player, but I I would love to see the matchup against each other. And I just like Embiid as a player. You know, he's had a tough career with his injuries and everything, and I think he deserves to be in that national spotlight. Uh, and number two, I I just don't think the 76ers are a very good defensive team. You know, when you look at it, the only big guy they really have is Embiid because they trade away uh, Andre Drummond to the Nets. So. Outside of Embiid, who's going to stop Giannis? And Embiid can't guard Giannis all game nope. because they don't want to get him into foul trouble. And now Brooke Lopez gets to bang down underneath. So I like that too because on the defensive end with Embiid, Brooke Lopez uh, can bang with Joel Embiid and cause some issues. And right now with Boston, they don't even have a big for him to bang with. Right. So I, I, I just think that the Bucks are I, – I think they have a tougher matchup. This is a basketball fan in I want to see the Bucs. Uh, Mike, I agree with you. I think the Sixers are an easier matchup for the Bucs. I just dislike it. Miami so much. I want to see them play Miami so they can beat them. Like, I, I'm i very – um, I'm not thinking clearly on this because I, I dislike the Heat that much. That's I'm just – I'm being honest. Thanks for the call. I really don't. I can't stand them. And it has nothing to do with Ram liking the Heat or anything like that. It's just I just don't like a bunch of the dudes on that team. So, for me – I would love to see the Heat just to see Jimmy Butler lose. I guess that would be, that's where it all kind of starts and ends with me at this point. Uh, all right, coming up next, Frank Madden. Locked on Bucks podcast on your Odyssey app. He joins us straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Taking a foul. And Horford gives it to Smart. Smart. And half court, he's picked by Holiday. And that's going to do it. Big, big win for the Bucs, now up 3-2 after the win in Boston last night over the Celtics. Brian Anderson, Stan Van Gundy on the call on TNT. I'll see how they do on Pfizer Forum coming up tomorrow night. If for some reason the Bucs were to lose, then we go back to Boston for Game 7 on Sunday. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, friend of the show. Friend of yours, friend of mine. He is Frank Madden from the Locked On Bucks podcast uh, on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Frank, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, Sparky, glad we uh, we, we almost talked yesterday instead. And I, I'd say I'm glad, uh, glad we pushed it by a day. A little bit different topic than, than what we would have been discussing yesterday. No doubt. Let's, let's talk about this for a second and have the conversation uh, about this game. Does, does this game go this way? If they had not been to the mountaintop and won the whole thing last year, it's a good question. I, the thing I keep coming back is you look at what the Bucks did last year without having won a championship, going down two zero against the Nets, going down two zero in the finals against the Suns. Um, the number of times they were had their backs up against the wall, dealing with the Giannis injury in the Eastern Conference Finals. There's so many moments, so many close games that they pulled out that you look at and you say man, where, where did they get that confidence? Where did they get that resolve? It felt like they'd been there before last year when they hadn't right. done it before. So I, I, I don't, you know, I, last year's experience, it, it was such an incredible run that had so many moments where it felt like they'd done it before that this year I almost want to say, I, I, I don't know how much more <laughs> they, can, they can get from winning the championship because they've already shown that that they were clutch, that they could focus, so they could lock in, that they could, again, come back when the odds were, were stacked against them. So, look, I, I think the more reps you get, the more experience you get can only help you. Um, and so I, I would say it, it certainly helps. Um, but I, I don't want to also don't want to you know overrate it and say that 
you know, the only reason they do it is, is because of that. And, you know, I even look back to earlier this season. I mean, people might remember a couple of years ago, like when they had the run, the pre-bubble team, that had the best record, the best point differential of any of the Bud Era teams. They really never had comeback wins. They blew out a lot of teams. Right. You know, when they got down, they, they tended to lose. This year we've seen them have a number of games where they had big comeback wins late in fourth quarters. Christmas Day against Boston, whatever they were down, double digits with half the fourth quarter remaining. Same story in that Miami game at home. They come back and win. I kind of wonder, you know, I have to think there's at least a little bit of psychological carryover, you know, when when you do these things and you mount these comebacks. Um, But again, you know, I think all that just together, the championship run, you know, comebacks earlier this year, all that stuff, you know, beating Boston in game one, you know, knowing that you can, we can beat these guys, you know, whatever, we, we can do this. Um, I think all that just sort of adds up and, and increases the odds. But even so, coming back from 14 down in the fourth on the road in that circumstance, let's be honest, not not high odds regardless of, of what team you're talking about. But, again, just a, another another incredible performance by, by this Bucks team that uh, – has delivered so often now over the past year. You bring up though that close game situations. We had Sean Grandy on from the Boston Celtics play-by-play announcement. We're gonna play that back after uh, you're done when he was on the Wendy's Big Show, uh, and he pointed the fact that the Celtics, when they got hot there in the second half, were blowing people out. So they were never in these scenarios at the, in the end of game scenarios. And that if you look at their record, I want to say he said in five point or less games uh, decided by five points or less that they're below 500 and they're not very good. Uh, and he thought that if they lose this series, that's what they're going to point to and just say they can't figure out how to get over the hump uh, in a close game at the end of a game. Yeah, and I mean, look, especially over kind of long samples, you know, generally the numbers say that those close games tend to be pretty random, right? There, there's some teams like the Suns, you know, these Chris Paul teams that have been consistently year after year they win close games and you can look at you know the way their structure and the players they have that they probably have an advantage in those late game scenarios i mean it's funny i mean you think back the last couple of years right i mean all those questions of oh can the bucks like late in games like Giannis isn't like a typical go-to guy you know chris milton really the guy? you know all those questions that follow the bucks around about them being a clutch team and then last year you know, with some exceptions, Game Five uh, in in Brooklyn, they they was close late, and they they weren't able to close that one out. But pretty much every other like big moment where games are really close, they figure out ways to win. And is there some luck in there? Absolutely. But I think they're also a team that um, you know knows knows each other, knows how to play, knows what they can and can't do. And I think most importantly, I mean, they they just have incredible defense that gives them a chance. And, um, you know, the number of huge clutch defensive plays that we've seen from this team, particularly from Drew and Giannis the past couple of years, I mean, is is pretty remarkable. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's again, it, it's last year they just felt like a team of, of destiny. And um, this year, you know, again, it's now two wins that were really close that the Celtics are going to feel like, man, we, we let those games get away. And it's only a seven game series. And. You know, I felt after game three, I felt, man, that is huge to have won game three when it was close. Again, closer than you wanted it to be. You should have had, you know, you probably should have won that game more comfortably. But when you blow those blows those close games, um, those are really hard to overcome, especially in these really tight series that, that typically turn on, you know, close games that, that either go, go your way or don't. So now having won two of those games, obviously – probably gives you a lot of confidence, but by the same token, I mean, I'm not taking anything for granted on Friday, but nothing would, would surprise me really on Friday. Um, just given the way these two teams have gone at it. And again, I, I think it'd be 
surprising, though, I think, if, if either team had a blowout win Agreed. just because of the way these teams have battled. Yep, Frank Madden, Lockdown Bucks podcast. Download it uh, today. Him and Kane Pittman do a great job. Download on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. What did you learn about this Bucks team without Chris Middleton this series? Well, I, I think first and foremost, it's that they're, I think they're going to need Chris Middleton to, to win an NBA championship. As, as much as the Celtics are a great team, and you know, I think the Celtics are, are the toughest team that, that you know, outside of the Bucks in the East, um, I, I think Phoenix and, and Golden State um, are, are right there or, or potentially better than, than Boston, though. And, you know, we, we know how this goes. I mean, winning four series is an absolute marathon. You're going to have injuries. You hope they're minor and that you can kind of overcome them. We saw the Bucks do that, obviously, with Giannis late in the, the Eastern Conference Finals last year. But I, I think the offense in particular, you know, we've seen it open up a little bit for both teams with kind of the smaller lineups here the last two games. That said, I think, you know, again, to win four out of seven against the best teams in multiple series, um, you know, I think it's just going to be really hard to do that if, if you don't get Chris Middleton back. Again, if you advance, you would really want Middleton back next series. I think, again, potential next series, you probably win that series with without Chris Middleton since you just did it against a, a really good Celtics team. But to go all the way, I think they will need Chris. You know, just the offense, man, can be just so much pressure on Giannis and and uh, and Drew to create and, and be the hubs of that offense. Um, but I think we also just learned that, you know, defensively this team can play different ways. Um, they can kind of shuttle guys in and out. I think they do feel, though, like they are a wing short defensively, right? I mean, just the number of times that we saw – Grayson Allen or, or George Hill have to defend bigger players, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. That's just really hard. Um, and so I think certainly that's the other piece of, you know, Chris Middleton, even not being a, a great defensive player, just having good size and being smart would, would obviously be a, a huge addition. So I don't know, I keep coming back to Chris Middleton here, but um, I think for the most part, though, you know, I mean, all the stuff about kind of heart of the champion and, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know that those of us that really follow the team, you know, do you are are you or me surprised by Giannis doing what he's doing? I don't think we've no, I don't think, been surprised. I think it's I reiterating what we probably already thought. Right? I did. I'm not surprised by Giannis, Frank. I mean, before the series, I picked Boston in seven because um, I didn't think they. I didn't too. think they were going to have enough firepower without Middleton. So, I mean, for me, for them doing what they were doing, what they're doing, especially last night, and. I tweeted out with, I don't know, three or four minutes to go in the game, like, hey, they still got a chance. They're actually hitting threes tonight, finally. And it looks like fourth quarter Drew is here. Uh, and not only was fourth quarter Drew was there, he put a cape on in the closing minute or so uh, <laughs> and, and kind of really showed up at the end of that game. Now, you don't get that true for four quarters necessarily, but but that was a, a big difference. The other difference was, you know, playing Bobby Portis in that small lineup at the end versus playing four guards, I think that was a big adjustment by Bud. Yeah, I, I think um, it makes me, you know, as, as much as in the past, like especially last year, you know, when they had PJ, they could go small with Giannis at center. I think that was probably the most versatile kind of quote unquote small lineup. I think, you know, is Giannis and, or Giannis and Bobby really a small lineup together and they're too big? Not, not in the traditional sense, right? They're not really small. Um, and but I think, you know, we we kind of saw it throughout that game, right? Grayson Allen has had a really hard time defensively, um, especially when at times they've gone to switching and they've gotten mismatches. George Hill, same thing. Um, it, you kind of felt like, okay, the, the group that is going to have to close this game is going to be Drew, West, Pat Connaughton, uh, Giannis, and, and Bobby, right? Because even though Bobby was not hitting a lot of shots last night, you know, I just thought his physicality, his rebounding was obviously really important. They got a ton of offensive rebounds, and he had like, you know, seven. He had more than the entire Celtics team. So, um, so I thought that look was just a really good counterpoint to Boston 
also going, you know, maybe a little bit smaller. Again, so they have Horford and Grant Williams out there. That's not really that's not really small. Um, but obviously Williams has been out, and honestly, I think Williams playing really hurts their offense just because he allows the Bucks to to kind of camp Brook down down closer to the paint. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, this is what I think you love about Bobby in particular, right? I mean, game before doesn't play well, doesn't really play much. It's like, okay, well, what's what's his role? Is he now going to take a lesser role in this series? And then the next game, he pops up and again didn't didn't have like the the best game of his life or anything, but. Worked worked his butt off all game long. I think in in spots had some good defensive plays when they started switching, and then obviously the you know what was ultimately the deciding basket on a on just a hustle playoff the Giannis miss. So um, so yeah, I mean we'll see. I mean I I, I don't know if Rob Williams is coming back on Friday, uh, but certainly you could could definitely see it kind of coming down to a similar grouping late where both teams try to go small, to try to open up the offense a little bit, and they're going to need obviously Bobby. To play big, I think regardless of whether he's closing over Brook or not, um, they're going to need obviously a lot from him because they just don't have a lot of guys right now. Please tell me what George Hill provides. Well, I mean, it's kind of interesting to me that that people are sort of talking about like Javon Carter versus George Hill because, you know, to me the biggest problem is that George Hill keeps defending like Jason Tatum and big guards, and I mean I don't think Javon's no chance he can stop Jason. Nope, Jason Tatum either. Um, so again, like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, oh, George is definitely a better option than, than Javon Carter. You know, he's a little bit bigger, but, um, you know, neither guy is obviously going to create much offensively. They're not going to shoot much at all. Um, I think at this point, it's just a matter of, you know, Bud's been, been through, through it with George and he hasn't with, uh, with Javon Carter. So, um, you know, I'm not in the group that's going to say if the Bucks lose, it's going to be because of George Hill over Javon Carter. But, um, I think, I definitely think that probably makes me most nervous is, you know, I don't know how many lineups or how much men, how many minutes we had with George and Grayson and Bobby all out there together. But to me, you need absolutely one of Drew and Wes out at all times. And then, um, again, I think I just, you need to minimize the amount of time that some of those guys who are smaller, like uh, Grayson and, and George are spending out there with Bobby in particular, just so you have a, a better balance of sort of size and defense. But, um, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we don't have to talk about that after game six. Is Bud any different of a coach uh, since the playoffs began last year to now? Um, I mean, I think he showed a lot last year, um, but willing to play kind of different styles. Um, you know, again, is he dramatically different in any way? I, I don't know. But, I mean, it's funny. Last year, at the same time, he was coaching for his life, right? Oh, I mean, my God. The TNT of... guys were killing him. <coughs> killing yeah, him on TNT. Yep. Yeah, Rick Carlisle coming in for Bud if they lose the net series, all that stuff. So um, I'd say, you know, impressive in hindsight that he was able to get this team to kind of pull together and, and execute in the way that, that we expected. You know, last year, I mean, the, the real ugly series offensively was that net series when they were healthy. Now, obviously, I think it's understandable to a large extent that the offense hasn't been as good just because you don't have the same same degree of weapons with Chris out. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm just glad that, to be honest, like I, I just I don't really think – I think Bud's shown that that he's not he's not the problem, and um, you know again they've I think they've played different ways, done different things. Some of the adjustments, obviously, they're putting Bobby in the starting lineup against the Chicago Bulls was was a great move. They won Game One with it, then they went away with away from it in time, and you know hopefully uh, we're seeing Bobby being reinserted in the right way. And again, he pulls the kind of pulls the right strings, and ultimately a lot of it I think just comes down to him trusting Giannis and Drew to to make plays for themselves and others, and. Again, I'm. Uh, I don't. I don't. You know, regardless of what happens in the series, I, I'm not going to be looking at Bud as 
as, as part of the problem, right? I think he's shown enough. He is Frank Madden, Locked On Bucks podcast on your Odyssey app. Download it today. Even Kane Pittman, A-U-D-A-C-Y. As always, Frank, you're terrific. Thank you so much for coming on. There he is, Frank Madden, on the Great Midwest Bank hotline of applying for home renovation loan as you feeling anxious. Breathe. Like Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. A guy that is a play-by-play guy but keeps it 100 every single time. Sean Grandy, Boston Celtics play-by-play announcer, next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast sparks midday madness presented to you by the milwaukee admirals here on 1250 a.m the fan steve sparky fiver ar adam roberts executive producer other side of the glass from the mackloff uh, will be in here in about 20 minutes or so actually before that a little crosstalk probably I was just looking at the weather forecast before we get to Sean Grandy. I was looking at the weather forecast, trying to look ahead to next week, uh, kind of see what the weather is. Man, this rain just does not stop. I mean, there's a chance of rain Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week. And then you look at next week, it's like three or four more days with a chance of rain. And the temperatures drop back down into the 60s uh, as well uh, next week. So... Get your golfing in while you can, because I got a feeling there's going to be a lot more rain out days on the horizon relatively soon, AR. 
I was going to ask you, because we've now talked about the weather, it seems like, as much as any sports topic on this show since I've been producing for you. And I was curious, you talk about all this stuff with the weather. What would be your ideal climate? Like if you could, not necessarily like where would you go, but like, yeah, temperature. And, 75. So, and you're not a rain 75 guy. 75 to 80, somewhere in that area. And you're not yeah, a rain like, guy at all. Like there's no way I'm living in Seattle. Uh, just overcast, cloudy, rainy, like fog. Like there's... Mm. I mean, some people can deal with that. Like, I, I have no interest in that whatsoever. But like, you know, 75, 80, I'm even okay with 85. I can do 85. I'm all right with that. You'd be a big San Diego guy. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Never been, but I've heard it's beautiful. should talk to Sam. He's got a lot of family down there. Yeah, Dan Plucker is from San Diego um, as well. Uh, and he talks about it. My mom went to the San Diego Zoo like probably Good like zoo. 30 years ago Good and always zoo. told me how great of a zoo it was. Um, so yeah, maybe one day we'll get out to California and, uh, check that all out. I'm not sure I want to live in California, you know, earthquakes and all that. You think gas is bad here? Like, yeah. It's like $2 more a gallon or something mm -hmm. like that out there. Right. I got cousins that live in San Francisco and they'll text me pictures from time to time with their gas prices. I just like, Oh my God, I thought gas is expensive here. California is a whole different level of crazy. But again, I mean, cost of living is more, but you also get paid more to live out there uh, as well as far as what your job is and stuff. I suppose. So in that way, it kind of all balances out. Right. No doubt about it. Uh, okay. So let's take a uh, listen back to our guy, Sean Grandy, uh, who was the play-by-play -play guy or is the play-by-play -play guy for the Boston Celtics. And uh, he joined us at the beginning of the series. He's joined us for the last couple of years. Every time the Bucks play the Celtics, we get Sean on. And he was nice enough uh, to agree to join us yesterday, today, while – uh, possibly being on an airplane, and that's exactly what happened. He was sitting on an airplane waiting to take off uh, when he joined us uh, earlier today, Gary Ellerson, Leroy Butler, and myself on the Wendy's Big Show. Uh, and I got to asking him right off the bat, like, you're the play-by-play -play guy. Was there at any point, you know, in that fourth quarter where you were kind of thinking, you know, it was over. Like, Boston's going to win this and have a chance to win the series going back to Milwaukee. You know, from a percentage-wise standpoint, knowing what the odds are when you're up by, when a team is up by 14 with, you know, eight or nine minutes to go, I mean, sure, you're thinking that. But, you know, we've talked about this before. It's the heart of the champion, right? It's the minutes that we saw early in the fourth quarter. The hardest thing to do in professional sports is stand another team season. So, therefore, on top of that, the single hardest thing to do is to take the belt off the world champion. And I think we That's just right. saw very clearly the value of every possession and – Having to learn, you know, the Celtics right now, you know, without Middleton, healthier in a lot of ways for putting Rob Williams aside, they had made so many strides this year, but you had, there were things you had to learn. And by the way, the Bucks had to learn it. Because, you know, you thought the Bucks time was coming a little bit sooner. And, uh, you know, in the playoffs. And they got, in 2019, when I thought they were going to the finals. You have to learn how to win games like that. It's... And now the Celtics are in the process. The question is, is it going to take them a year to learn it, or is it going to take them 48 hours? But, Sean, too, I think if you look at the game here, was that game four uh, here in Milwaukee, I think the Bucks had a 13-point lead going into the fourth quarter, and and, and and Boston just took it right from uh, took it away from them. So I think it's been going back and forth, But although I don't know why this seems so much greater than that, but I think they're both one and the same. Well, I do – the asterisk I put on that when I talk about this team learning, obviously I'm going, I'm talking about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and the, the core guys that are going to have to do it. It was Al Horford in game four at 35 years old 
who knows, and you, you know this full well, an athlete, the older you get, the closer you get to the end, you know how valuable these opportunities are and how rare they are to be one of the few teams that can win the championship. And no matter what happens tomorrow night, the Celtics and the Bucks are two of maybe four or five teams that can win the title. And I think Al Horford knows it. And game four was him grabbing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum by the collar and saying, we're not losing tonight. And the idea was that was the Al Horford game that put them in position. But at some point, it's going to have to be Jason and Jalen that, that carry the mail. Uh, I'm uh, Sean, I'm a little biased with the number 36. I'm going to ask Marcus Smart question. He looked, he, I thought he played a very good game. The fourth quarter didn't go so well. What is the overall fallout of this team if you had to just – if you were peeping that locker room, you know, after the game and even traveling? I mean, what do you think the mentality of that? Because I know they felt like – the Bucks felt like Gary just pointed out. They didn't let one slip away from them. Yeah, I think, you know, the Celtics certainly felt that way in real time and feel that way the next day. And I'm sure going to feel that way until the ball goes in the air tomorrow yep. and there's a new game to worry about because that's, you know, that's how it is. You have to turn the, when you say, athletes say, well, we got to turn the page and look ahead to the next one. In real life, you don't do that. Nobody's sleeping last night, but you have to say, you got to talk yourself into it because eventually, if you don't look past it, if you don't get to game six, there isn't going to be a game seven. <laughs> it's going to be summer vacation pretty quick if you don't. Uh, I'll say this, how much of a bounce back team this has been. With the exception of a game in which they didn't play any of their actual players in Toronto late in the year, the Celtics, with their regular lineup or most of their lineup or a regular game, the Celtics haven't lost two games in a row since January. So it's a difficult team to beat, and they have bounced back and they have played very well after losses, generally speaking, and they've been historically good this year on the road. All that said, none of that matters. What they, The lesson of the series is – what it takes, the difference between being a really good team, between being a contender and being a champion. And that is determined by the plays. And all you have to do is look at the plays you they made last night in Game 5. That's what's going to determine it. It's not turning the ball over in the fourth quarter. It's demanding the ball on that last play. You know, Marcus Smart, people that don't really pay attention, don't really watch the game that closely, say, what is Marcus Smart doing taking that shot? What is he that wasn't on Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart was saving that play because the Celtics didn't have a timeout, and the five-second count was getting close to five. Yep. The ball had to go in. Someone had to come get it. And so Marcus Smart, then he made the right play. Go to the basket. You see an opportunity. you got to go against Connaughton. But that was a broken play. That you, Those are the kind of mistakes you can't make. And the value of every possession, that's what you learn. And the Celtics two years ago in the bubble, they did this. They took the belt off the champion. Granted, there was no more Kawhi Leonard in Toronto when the Celtics beat them. But the Celtics had a much more talented team, mm-hmm. and that took a game 48th minute of the seventh game to take the belt out of the cold, dead basketball hands of Kyle Lowry. And that's what you have to do. If you're going to be the champion, it's going to be a fight like this. And for the Celtics all year, guys, they have done – they were the best team in the NBA in the second half of the year, and they dominated in every way you could dominate. There was one thing they never really got fixed and that was winning close games because their games in the second half weren't ever close. They were beating teams by 25 every night. And mm-hmm. they thought they solved that in the first round of the playoffs. Yet here's a team that the reason they're in this mess is because they've lost two games that they could have won at the buzzer, and it happened all year long, which is the reason why the Celtics were the two seed and didn't run away with the number one seed because they were way under 500 in games decided by five or fewer, three or fewer, and – they haven't been able to win these games all year, and champions find a way. So are the Celtics ready to be a championship team or not? 
because you know if they find a way to win tomorrow, if there's a game seven, you know one of these two games, if not both of them, are coming right down to the end. Yeah. So yeah. Is, it, is it graduation day or is it wait till next year? Yeah, yeah. Sean Grandy. Follow him on Twitter, Sean Grandy, PBP, the Boston Celtics play-by-play announcer, joining us here on the Wendy's Big Show. Uh, Sean, I got. can I please get into some drama? Uh, this is, I wanted to ask you this last time, but two things I want to ask you, but I only had 30 seconds. I want to know why did uh, they get a, what was Brad Stevens' comments to him showing him leaving the game early, and did you and then moreover did you hear about what Kyrie said about the Boston fans? We played it here three times, and him making those changing his voices was funny, but I don't think the NBA want him engaging fans, especially when he's not in the um, playoffs. Kyrie isn't a thirty-second answer. Kyrie is a podcast. Maybe a multi-series <laughs> podcast. He even tried to get into that mind. And listen, uh, one of the the, most, the funniest things happening in the league right now is Kyrie, and this has gone on throughout his entire career, where the things he says seem to have no bearing in reality. Him talking about being, well, we're going we're to sit down with the ownership and figure this thing out and get the right direction. While meanwhile, the general manager say, yeah, maybe we wanted to say, maybe we don't. Like the, the disconnect between Kyrie and the rest. Of the, listen. It would be fun to live in that world, right? <laughs> it would be fun to live in a, a world of complete self-delusion. But I think, you know, the Kyrie issue was so funny with the Boston fans because he kept saying, well, you know, they've got to get over it. They've got to learn to move on. And I kept thinking, well, somebody's got to move on from it. But it's not really the Celtics <laughs> fans have moved on. The idea that they wanted him, the total myth here is that they wanted him to stay. They didn't. And by the time that season was over, they were driving him to the airport. They wanted Kyrie out because it was, such a horrible season that the Bucks that was a mercy killing in game five when we took this flight to Milwaukee, you know, three years ago to end that season. So um, Kyrie is great entertainment. I hope he finds happiness in his life, and I hope that we get to see him play more than 25 games a year. Somebody had this joke that (laughs) we're at the 20th anniversary about the Island Iverson practice fit. Like, we're talking about practice, not the games. Now we're talking about games, showing up for games. Right. Like, can you just show up for the games? And that's, you know, so funny how it's gone on in 20 years. Now, why did Stevens leave? Uh, did he ever? Did y'all ever ask him about that? I, you know what? We, I don't think anybody has specifically, but I mean, why would he was right? <laughs> it was over. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I can't believe it. It's my job to call the rest of the game. But I know when it's over. I, I, I would love to. Yeah, but, that's a good you know, point. I was like, yeah. he has. Like, but this way, he's had a job his entire life. He's never. He's never been able to. Leave. So yeah. he finally has a job where he can leave with two minutes to go. Yeah. The only one I ever know who tried that was Doc Rivers on the final day of the Masters. And Tiger was in the Masters making that run eight, nine years ago. We were playing a Sunday afternoon game in Miami. And uh, Doc was, the game was over. Miami was up by 20. Doc was trying to get thrown out of the game by oh, Danny wow. Crawford so he could go watch Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to get thrown out. And Danny Crawford was like, I know what you're doing. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Danny just, Danny just trolled him and wouldn't throw him out. So, yeah, oh, wow. Time. I think someone's trying to leave early. That's hilarious. Sean Grady, Boston Celtics play-by-play announcer here on the Wendy's Big Show. Okay, so uh, let's talk about a couple of different things. So the, the previous game, Al Horford, was obviously uh, the story uh, for the Boston Celtics, and that was the story on Sports Talk Radio here around here was you can't 
can't let Al Horford do what Al Horford did last time. Yeah. He didn't have that type of game, but I'll admit, when he had that put-back dunk, I think uh, there was a collective sigh amongst Bucks fans of, uh-oh, maybe that was may- awesome maybe, play, maybe that's a, a bad sign for how this thing is going to play out. It felt like that was one another one of those deals where Boston maybe failed to take advantage of that momentum swing that I think everybody thought was in Boston's advantage at that point. No, no, there's, there's no doubt. Because Al, Al made the plays last night that he needed to play. It wasn't a night, you know, game four. Al, throughout the playoff series, and really throughout his entire Celtic career, has done what needs to be done. Al, Al's life would be complete. Mm-hmm. His dream is to play, it was always said of Billy Joel, that his dream was to play backup with somebody else's band. Right? But, but you're so talented, you become the front man sometimes. And Al has the game of his life, obviously, in game four, and he's played that way. Throughout the playoffs, doing what needs to be done, but obviously for the Celtics to be the team that people think they can be, uh, it can't. Al can't be the best player. There he is, Sean Grandy, Bucks or the Boston Celtics, I should say, play-by-play guy, joining us earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. Just so so good. Uh, looking forward to getting Sean Grandy back on. That Doc Rivers story is amazing that the man was trying to get thrown out of a game to go watch Tiger Woods play at the Masters a couple of years back. Just very, very funny. Uh, Adam, you want me to go to this caller? Is that what you were telling me to do? Okay. Uh, wishy. Really? Uh, South Milwaukee, uh, you are next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's up, man? This Sparky? This is. Hey, Sparky. Hey, man. Um, listen to your show. I love it. Thanks. you got a lot of passion. Um, I unfortunately can't watch the Bucks because I don't have that option, but I listen to them. And what I got last night is they had so much passion, so much determination to win that game. And what I get the next morning is um, they didn't do enough. You know, Bud didn't do enough. You know, Bud is... He's so underrated. He's so under. I mean, come on, man. He's won a championship. Leroy calls him the best coach in the NBA. Thank you. Yeah. So see, Leroy. Leroy. We're, we're the same. We're on the same page. Now. Yeah. You and Leroy are together on that. So I mean, there's there's two of you that think he's the best coach in the NBA, which is all that matters. Well, the man well, won an you? NBA championship, Wishy, and if they win an NBA championship this year, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. Simple. Thanks for the call. Simple. He wins a championship this year or any of the next couple of years with Giannis. If he wins two, he's in the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Mark that down and seal it up. Not only is he in the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, Chris Middleton's in the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, and Drew Holiday will get consideration at some point uh, if they win another championship. Coming up next, he's a Hall of Famer all to his own. He is Rami Makhlouf next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. We broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Lakeland.edu slash get started. Rami Makhlouf is here. Rami's show comes up next. It is. What do you got coming up Coming today? up on the show today, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Oh, the Bucks lust is burning hot this afternoon. On the Rami show after last night's win. We'll obviously be talking about that, taking that, people's reaction. I haven't heard to that, that dude on the radio lately. He called yesterday. Oh, did he? Yeah, DJ called I him to the show yesterday. It. Must have he talked it. about vibing supreme virtuosity. 
not mad that I missed it. Just I must have missed it. So um, okay, we'll what talk else? about that. Also, yeah. I wonder, did Bucks fans at any point give up hope? At any point in that Are game, you kidding me? Hope. You have social media, really? <laughs> I wasn't you really asking. I wasn't that? on social media during the game because I was behind till like so the was st- I. till like the start of the fourth quarter. I was so. behind till about the five minute mark of the fourth. So I wasn't. Up. I wasn't on Twitter. I was avoiding Twitter on purpose. It doesn't matter. Twitter shows you stuff from five hours previous. Now, yeah, it does. So you me. eventually will see it that all. Annoys me. God knows that I really, saw it all. I didn't really get People, on Twitter at all. Drew Holiday me. sucks. Get him off the court. S- this team's in trouble. It's over. I mean, come Sam on. Sam was sending me enough memes last night that i didn't need to go on twitter people just were and also i went i went grocery shopping right after the game so i didn't really have time to be doing the whole social grocery media shopping thing. huh yeah i had to because why is that my fridge was empty when i went out of town and i hadn't had a chance to go shopping oh. since well, aren't you going out of town here again soon in a week I need oh, food. a whole week until he leaves again <laughs> for another vacation i need food the month of rami that's what we're calling it, the month of Rami. One vacation to the next. One warm weather climate to the next. From San Francisco I like that to here. Gulf Shores, Alabama. I like that here we went from, uh, God, this weather sucks, to, oh, man, it's too hot to go outside. I love it. Is it? I'm not complaining about it. It's a little too hot for me. Just a touch. You know, me What are you going to do in Gulf Shores, Alabama at the end of May? I'm going to be right on the ocean, though. And it's going to be hot. Yeah, but I'll have that ocean breeze. And humidity. And also, that's going to make you sweat. And also, I'll have Netflix and air conditioning whenever I get tired of that. So Makes sense. Yeah. All right, so what else is coming up on your uh, show? Lori Nickel of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel will be here. She was at the game last night. We'll talk some Bucks with her at 345. 4 o'clock, I want to know, how different are Bucks fans feeling about this series than you were 24 hours ago, Sparky? I don't know if I feel much different. Because you had Celtics in seven. Yeah. And you never moved off that throughout the series, right? No. And you're sticking with that? I'm not. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 